There was some fighting in Denver. It was a holiday weekend. I had one of the best MMA fights outside of the cage with some bacon at a restaurant called Old Major, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, you uh, catch some of the fight to win, some of the Johnny Combs action, anything like that? I did not. It was a very loaded weekend, so I, I had to pick and choose my times, but I did see that one. Johnny Combs did win. He did. Eric Coe won. Sean Spear. Eric Coe won with a badass little... Uh, I mean, he just gets on the back and starts working that choke, that sort of cross choke from a lot of different angles. Wins again. Sean Spear won an awesome fight. There was some uh, some more Colorado craziness. The Jubera crew was out and about. Good times. Um, anything out in L.A.? Was it finally, it was a jiu-jitsu break almost this weekend outside of the fight to win in Denver, right? Yeah, really. Uh, it was so nice for me to look around and go, do I have to go cover something? Like, nah. Like, great. Because I'll tell you this much, Kev. There was glory going on on Saturday. There was Bellator yeah, going Bader on. Bader beat up King Mo? Somebody? Yeah, in 15 seconds. You know what's really fun is that it was really, really a solid night of fighting. And I thought at a certain point up until we really got to the point where uh, the UFC got to their main card, Bellator was kind of throwing everything at the window to see if it would stick. And uh, Pico had a great knockout. It was a lot of fun to watch his fight. Um, It was interesting because I think Morrow was starting to lose his voice. I think he knew it was a fight night that people would be watching the UFC and he was throwing everything into his voice. Um, but there was a great female fight uh, that was uh, on the prelims. Uh, just really solid stuff. I will say it got to the point, though, where I didn't know what I was watching anymore. So I don't know if you know this, Kevin. But again, I've talked about how Bellator has the East Coast feed. This particular week, I was able to stream both the Bellator app showing me the East Coast feed on my phone. While my phone also simulcast the UFC pay-per-view that I ordered onto my Chromecast. My mind was blown. I was like, I didn't know you could do all those fucking things. That is impressive. That's just like a lot of data. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, I mean, I'm using my wireless, so it's fine. I'm but just saying, to me, no, like, that's impressive. Oh, I thought it was like a, a comment that's like... No, 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 no. That was yeah. uh, technology. Nicely done. That's just impressive Thank you. that it's all capable. I was more so so just surprised that it all looked so wonderful and streamed. And I was like, fuck, dude, we couldn't have done this years ago. Right. But it was it was a lot of MMA to take in. And like I said, there was a little bit of glory fights, and I caught a little bit of that. But, uh, yeah, I could use a weekend off. And that's not to say there wasn't shit happening. San Diego had an IBJJF. We didn't go to that. Good luck with that. Our friend Bree had a great tournament that was going on there. We had some friends participate in that. Okay. Josh Hinger took on a very game Austin Baker and uh, there were slams allowed at this tournament. So I think Josh was putting on like an omoplata and Baker's so big you just started trying to like out suplex him and Hulk his way out of it. It was uh, fascinating to watch. So there's that. Cool. Alright. Well we're gonna talk a lot more mma um obviously it's always a blast but don't forget to keep things going for us here at verbal tap you already know how to do Mm. that 
You go to mm-hmm. NorthSouthJiuJitsu.com. You get yourself some A1s if you're in summer shape. Some mm-hmm. A2s if you're, you know, just athletic. Some mm-hmm. A3s if you're strong and, you know, built to carry some extra rucksack up the mountain. Some A4s if you're on the the girthy hip train like myself. You've got to check out North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. The black is so sleek. The camo. Mm-hmm. The white, you'll get to see it all. NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Don't hesitate. Someone you love. Did, like when you say you'll get to see it all, is that the tagline we want to go with? You'll get to see uh, a limited amount because of the excellent coverage. Right. Okay. Good. But like in like a classy, dignified way, not just like, oh, here's my dick. It's like, no, it's a very like, wow. That's really put there really nicely. Good for you guys. Thank you. <laughs> well, Raf, I, mm. I know you like me. Go mm. to provenutrition.com because we're frustrated with the crowd of low quality, bad tasting, <laughs> artificially flavored, colored nutrition. I don't even know what artificially colored means. Nutritional <laughs> products loaded with a long list of questionable ingredients. Mm. Jittery stimulants, environmentally responsible, bulky plastic tube packaging. I just saw an even more scary report. We don't need any of that. We want total body health that drives. This is why we stick with the team at Proven Nutrition. Drop in Kevin 10. Would you get a little purchase? I guess RAF 10. RAF 10. Like it's like, you know. If you're in California and you want to support him down down the ten, just put Rafton. Wow, provennutrition.com. I cannot emphasize how good the core is. You're gonna love it. You're gonna feel powerful. One hundred percent real moment. Kevin messaged me after trying it and was like, uh, "I'm loving this." And this isn't. Anything that's bullshit, this is 100%. I can show you the receipts if you'd like. But Kevin, 100% sent me a text that said that. We have receipts. Let's go chat some over-under results. UFC 224 is in the books. Mackenzie Dern is still not at Fighting Point. Hey, kids. A UFC pay-per-view is kind of weird in the fucking sense that I don't know if you do this, Kevin, but I sure as hell every once in a while put off buying the pay-per-view to the last second. Yeah, I mean, obviously I would do that much more if I didn't have it for kind of like pirated free. Sure, But here's the thing, and we want to make this very clear. Kevin actually pays for his. He just has a special thing that he's worked hard to and it's not actually stealing it. Now, I will say, I put this tweet up, and we had an adorable fan who goes, I'll give you a link to the fake thing. And I go, you're adorable. Thank you very much. I hope you know one thing about me is that I always, always, and I'm not saying always, always, but I always try to get the real thing. Uh, I'm not a huge proponent of stealing. And so it was so nice of our fans who are such slackers and we know that about them to offer up their free services. So I do appreciate that. 
I just told him, and I'm telling you the exact same thing, I just need to bitch about it. <laughs> Having said that, I was quite pleasantly surprised. I had a friend text me before the pay-per-view went to air, and they said, Raph, should I order this? And I said, ugh, yes. And after the first fight, I said, well, there's your money worth. At least with that, you got some there. And I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. It was a good night of fights. And that is why we have to figure out who won this over-under, Kevin, and we need to bring back the clinch reports. Now, I know some of our fans have been very, very fun and have been sending me clinch report, as in clinch your butt shakes report, and it's been adorable. And I've laughed each time. But I do feel like we will cause permanent harm unless we really, really work hard to this week rectify our problem from last week. It is the clinch reports and the commentator for Celtic, Celtic. Gladiator. <laughs> Shut up, Kevin. Don't you fuck up with me. <laughs> just want to bring you guys up. If Celtic can be said Celtic or Celtic. I just want to bring that up. Anyway, welcome back to the fucking show. Jonathan King. John, how are you doing, sir? Oh, do very well. Thank you for having me again. Nice to be You're back. Welcome. It's very nice to have you back. I love talking... Uh, MMA and sports with somebody who is passionate about this profession, but I also enjoy the fact that today, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong, but were you not working pro wrestling today? Yeah, yeah, I was um, helping out with uh, the team over at uh, Championship Wrestling for Hollywood, um, doing one of their live shows, um, you know, one of their TV tapings, I was over there working, uh, taking photos and doing some stuff over there for those guys, I try to keep busy, you know me. I have to be honest. I think your photos are actually pretty good, and I don't want them to be good, but they're actually Whoa, good. That's a compliment. Because, well, here's the thing. Sometimes people wear multiple hats, and they're not super great at things. And because I feel like they they level things out, like some sort of entity or a god, if you would, kind of gives you, if they give you really good talking ability, and Jonathan has that, they kind of take something else away from you. So maybe you're not a great photographer. Good news, Kev. It's somewhere else, because... Uh, his photos are quite good, so I don't know if you've ever seen them, but uh, you should definitely go check him out on Instagram. Anyway, Jonathan, how was the event, man? Oh, it was good. It was good. They had uh, Reno Scum, which is like one of my favorite tag teams on the scene right now. <laughs> uh, they're they're awesome. First of all, they're awesome wrestlers. They're really cool guys, um, and it, you know, there's a, a lot of great talent there. But you know, I'm like you like you touched on, and I'm not a photographer. I, I just dabble in it and. Um, you know, for some reason, some of the wrestlers, uh, I get really great shots. And every time Reno Scum wrestles, I get these epic shots. Um, but, you know, then there are some really talented guys that I just can't capture. It just doesn't translate. So, I don't know. I just suck, I guess. <laughs> well, here's the other part. Because I, I look for story when I look at photographs. So, I think there are good still photographers, people who have an eye for maybe poses or um, just a look. And sometimes that happens when people walk out to, say, a ring or a cage. And you see that a lot with fight uh, photography. It's really hard to capture the exact moment and tell a story. And that is one of the things that I think that you've translated over to doing the pro wrestling. Because when I've seen your photos, I go, man, those are pretty good. You, like, capture midair part of a good story. So uh, I'm not saying that to be nice because I have no reason to really be nice to you. I'm just saying. I appreciate that. I've, <laughs> I've been like, oh, those are really good. So uh, I'll start with that. But 
but you know, I do want to add to that. You know, there are so many talented photographers, especially in our scene. Uh, guys like Richard De La Cruz, Bob Fisher, John Walsh, Amy Kaplan, uh, Blanca. All these people are educated, talented. Like you know, um, if it was the Daytona 500, they'd be NASCAR drivers. You know what I mean? I. I I drive a Corvette on the weekend fast. You know what I mean? I, I can't, I can't compare myself to those people. It, 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 there's just, just no way. It's just no way. So, um, I don't consider myself in the same class. Not even, I just consider myself kind of a hobbyist. Um, you know, growing up, my hero was, was Hemingway. So I try to be like Papa. I try to do a little bit of everything, hmm. you know? It's good. Uh, I hope, uh, you know, I would hope that that would actually like, permeate more through your writing where you just write really short sentences uh the mat was coarse period yeah that's actually one of the things i try to do i try to alternate you know really short sentences with really long sentences that was one of the things that hemingway was really good at um and he didn't use big words he thought like um big words were a way to not communicate with people and as a writer he thought you know it was his job to communicate with everybody not just the erudite so uh, I always thought that was kind of cool about Hemingway, too, is he used words everybody could understand. Don't get me wrong. Uh, love me some Hemingway. And again, this is for a different podcast. There are three different podcasts that uh, will accompany this one. The first of which is our photographers are criminally underrated. The second one is the <laughs> books are fun. Uh, but I know that we keep <laughs> pushing away other audiences who came here and said, talk about UFC 224. And I will get there. But I do want to say this. As much as I love Hemingway... I just, in my brain, don't picture him as being a very good uh, MMA journalist because he would have been like, Machida, hit front kick. It was the same. You've seen it before. The background was eclectic. (laughs) There we go. It'd be be something like that, yeah. (laughs) As someone who's read quite a bit of Hemingway, uh, I do enjoy him, but Kevin, as someone who doesn't read a lot, I think it's Ouch. important that we return. Well, hold on, time out. Kevin. I was headed a whole different direction. Well, I, which uh, way were you going to head? Well, if we're going to ask him about his writing, I mean, I kind of want to go. Uh, okay, John, a little bit of free advice. How do you approach commentary in terms of your strategy of play call versus fight pace like give us your free your free little quick ted talk on how you bring your renaissance to the commentary arts um well i don't know on on microphone uh it's different it depends like boxing and mma are much different than like pro wrestling or or baseball or something else like that boxing and mma i kind of feel like um you, I try to be like a radio, uh, like a guy that would be calling the fights on the radio. If I do my job properly, you have no idea who I am. I'm just a guy telling you um, what you see. And, and like the great Joe Buck was on Howard Stern once, and he was talking about it. He goes, what I do is not very difficult. If you're watching it on TV, is a ground ball to short. You're fucking watching the guy hit a ground ball to short, you know? It's not very difficult. I'm doing the same thing. He lands a left hand, a right hand. You're seeing it. You know what I mean? I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. What I try to do is I try to, uh, um, you know, paint the canvas in such a way where the fighters can 
have a, a, a brighter spotlight on them and, and make the promotion look more professional. Um, but as far as like a, like a strategy to commentary, um, my, my goal is to be as less impactful personality wise as possible. I don't want to be a personality. I just want to tell you the story. Um, nobody knows the narrator's name, you know? Okay. He's just can, the I, narrator. can I interject here? Awesome. Uh, it's a beautiful sentiment. Okay. And again, we're going to get to these fights. I'm just we saying, swear, but this is awesome. I'm interested. This, in this. is great. I just want to make it very clear that the sentiment uh, echoed, or at least I guess probably said by one Joe Buck, is that we don't want to know him at all. Like, Joe Buck doesn't know. I am so glad that you were conciliatory to him, but there are so many goddamn times I see him on the air and I just go, oh my God, is he doing this? Is he doing the Super Bowl this year? This is the one time I think anybody's ever spoken well about Joe Beck on this podcast. Kevin, can you affirm that? Deny that? <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy. I mean, I always love a nice contrary, a contrary opinion. So I enjoyed <laughs> that he came out pro him because it was just like, hell yeah. Someone needed to take the Joe Buck corner on the way out of this podcast. So I was I'll, digging I'll it. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Here, here's my opinion on Joe Buck, and I'll go pro wrestling on this. This is one of the things I love about Joe Buck. In pro wrestling, they talk about real heat and cheap heat. You know what I mean? Cheap mm. heat is the guy who goes babyface to heel, and he, he's trying to show that he's got heat. You know what I mean? And then there are guys that got real heat. You know what I mean? Just guys that are like, wow, no matter what, I just don't like that dude. Real heat. And Joe Buck's got real heat for some reason. And I don't know, for the life of me, I don't know why. The guy's yeah. really good at his job. Really He's good. Okay. He's you know, okay. He's like, okay. Let's not get crazy. I, I honestly... I can do right now is the why the fuck Joe Buck. I mean, I, I don't hate him. Like, I'm not on the Royals. I'm not specific in my Royals fandom that I'm like, he is the reason we lost to the Giants in seven. I don't think that's exactly correct. But not exactly my my love. And I would say in terms of your ability, I think you do something I enjoy that he doesn't. And you occasionally step into fandom more so than he seems capable of doing. And I would say he also keeps a negative turn on things that I don't think you do. I mean, you're able to commentate without taking jabs at people striking or their specific jujitsu defense but still able to talk about it he he gets a little he gets a little wrenchy about things oh yeah you, you learn that you learn you learn how to do that I, I i honestly to tell you the truth where that came from being able to polish a turd like that uh-huh. uh um being that came from starting in the amateur ranks you know what i mean like you're literally seeing two guys that should not be fighting you know, very often that happens in the amateur ranks. You're like, guy doesn't know if he wants to fight. He trains a little bit against another guy who doesn't know if he wants to fight, and they train a little bit. And they put these guys in the cage, and they go, okay, John, Kevin, start talking about him. And you're like, uh, okay. Uh, that, was that a jab? What the fuck? What? And you can't say, oh, these, these guys should not be fighting. You know what I mean? you got to find a way to say it. What we're witnessing right now, guys, is you, know, you might see a little bit of sloppiness and not a lot of technique, but these guys, this is their first time ever experiencing cage fighting. 
This is their first time being locked in a cage. You can only practice for this so much. And that's very true. You know, you can spar and spar and spar, but until it's real, you don't know what's going to happen. So you got to kind of paint it like that. You can't go, well, there's a real pile of shit in corner A going up against this dude who looks like he should be, looks like he's punching left-handed for crying out loud. Does he even know if he's right-handed or left-handed yet? Like, you can't say something like that. So Bless you. I, mean, I still want to say it's very rare that you're ever going to hear John King say, uh, Marcus Kowal squeezes out a number two over here. Oh yeah, you know I've, I I try to I try to focus on you know the good things that are happening. Even though you're, you're witnessing bad defense, I'm not going to say you're witnessing bad defense. I'm going to say this guy's getting under relentless assault. There's a there's a barrage breaking down his his will. You know what I mean? I try to make it nice. You don't want to be like, wow, this guy this guy right now is realizing he does not want to be a fighter, and New you don't want to say stuff like that. Yeah, New York. Fucking. Nice. Let's be clear. Yeah, New York. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, I appreciate any uh, sage sage wisdom I can pull out of you, and uh, it's always fun to ping pong Raph in these discussions. Oh, get, that was a little something. nerdy announcerness. Yeah. You'll, I don't know how sage it'll be, but you'll you'll fucking get something. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, everybody. We're gonna call this one in Joe Buck's memory. Moving forward, let's go ahead and go, and that's a beautiful transition. Speaking of opponents who shouldn't have been in the same ring, let's start with our main event. Kevin, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, that was hard to watch. Uh, I mean, was whenever it? Pennington Nunez, am I scratchy or can you hear me? You're good. You're good. Oh, I thought you said to hold on. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're good. Uh, Nunez, Pennington, so... Watched it last night, watched, saw the storylines, watched it again today, felt the same way. Brutal. A fighter came to fight, and another one, like, it looked like the first leg kick. She was just like, nope, not, it's not happening. What did, you, what did you two think? I did not like this fight. I did not have fun watching it. Jonathan. Uh, you know, shoot, I just thought, I thought you you got as good of a fight as you were going to get from a um, from a ten versus an eight, you know. Um, and and one of the things, and, and I want to give credit to one of the guys at MMA Junkie who wrote this. I think it was Ben Folks. Like, are we are we going to start realizing that Amanda Nunez is this good? And not only that, that she keeps getting better. Are we going to realize? Are we are we going to start realizing this now? Is the UFC going to start realizing? how good of a fighter Amanda Nunez is. And if you don't believe me, just look at what she did to Rocky Pennington, who is the number two ranked fighter in that division. Rocky Pennington's legit. Legit. People don't know this, but when Ronda was getting ready for her last fight against Nunez, Rocky was Ronda's personal sparring partner. Rocky is legit. She's a badass girl. She got caught. She got hurt early, and I think uh, she, the skill level, the differential, um, got in her head, and I think that's what you saw. And, and, and all this, you know, nonsense. This Monday morning quarterbacking about her corner sending her back out there and stuff like that. Uh, you know what? That's that's a slippery slope. If you want to walk down it, I will. But uh, your job as a cornerman is to motivate your fighter when they don't think they have enough. You know when your fighter doesn't have enough. 
and and she proved that she still had something left. She went out there for the fifth. Granted, she got beat down, and it was a beating. But I don't know. It's a slip, it's, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Like you're gonna to to Monday morning Monday morning quarterback a coach like that when you know nothing about what that that coach has spent how many hours with that person in the gym. You know, I think they know better, and and I, I would never do that to a coach or to a fighter, but. Um, it was it was brutal. I'll agree. It was brutal to watch. It was really tough to watch. Of course, it's tough to watch. I, uh, my thought was this: if the fighter does tell you I'm done, it is interesting. There is a good moment to like actually go out there and motivate them. And I was curious what our fans thought. I'll get to that in a second. My thought was this: I saw her tell us we're done. And I know there are fighters out there, one of whom is our good friend, Bubba McDaniel, who uh, chimed in, and we'll get to his as well. But there are fighters out there who say, if you want a way out, you'll find a way out. Meaning you can go to the ref yourself, you can uh, tap at any given time, you can probably fake something that allows someone to get uh, in there. I think we want to start the conversation by saying this. Uh, Rocky Pennington had one of the premier fights in Ultimate Fighter history against Jessamine Duke. And that really was an amazing fight. I remember coming on the show and talking heavily about it because it really, I think, established that their season, the very first season with women, was something to behold. And it was a great fight, period. So I don't think anybody's ever seen a fight of hers and said, she doesn't have a heart on her. But when you go to those wars you start to have a developed sense of, okay, how many wars are too many? And I think in this case, she felt that she was outclassed and she had said she was done. And her corner telling her, we'll recover later, got me thinking. And I I don't know that it's even necessarily saying uh, there's a difference of an opinion. There's a, I think her corner, and it's safe to say, freaked out as well and i think that people in high pressure situations don't always make the clearest decisions and i think that's where the split is just to give you a couple notes here uh so these were some of the fan responses that we got because i just put it up and i was like i feel a certain way and i made a meme with mufasa and simba going up to mufasa saying like uh pennington's corner be like uh don't worry mufasa we'll recover later when he died so that was my opinion on it but uh here are some one person said that's tough man on one end you want your fighter to leave it all out there and not have regrets but on the other hand you got to protect him tough one for sure one person right underneath it (laughs) goes no it's not tough if she does not want to be there you pull her out asap simple as that i like this Obviously, I don't know her story, habits in the cage, but if my cord didn't stop it after I said I was done, I'd be changing camps the next day. Bubba McDaniel says, a bunch of people in here have their own opinions, and that would have uh, lasted at gyms I trained at before it was popular or a cool thing to do. Changing camps immediately when I heard it was all encouragement and not judgment or a fuck you, do it or don't attitude. Some of y'all need to realize y'all aren't cut out for the sport. Sure, uh, Bubba went cold on uh, our fans here but <laughs> i think the idea here is that yeah bubba has got to realize he'd be fighting in front of nobody <laughs> <laughs> don't worry bubba's never been one to mince words 
and uh, we he has endeared our, our, us himself to us at the very beginning. But there, every once in a while, we just go, Bubba, you should probably not do that. Uh, there are two alternative ones that I like to put in there. Ben Fowler says, for a normal fight, I agree, throw in the towel. But this is for a championship fight. And after, she'll probably never get another one. If she goes out and makes a Russo slash Todd Duffy style knockout, the coaches would be geniuses. I did add this one note, and I like to let these things play out, but I said, deaf, not geniuses. You could call those people a lot of things, like if they had a successful sort of uh, success story, if she ended up winning. But when somebody's nose is halfway broken and she wins the title, you're not going out of your way to say the first thing of, that's a genius move, Albert Einstein and the Pennington Corner. And I'll leave it with this final one, which was from Tim Farrell that says, a fighter can quit the... Sells. If she wants to quit enough, she can tell the ref, I've tapped out from strikes before. Either she or her corner can quit at any time. They both didn't. It's a lot to unload. With that said, Kevin, where do you start on this? Well, I just want to be as clear as anyone could be. I would have quit. And I wanted to say round three. I would have been like, John, throw in the towel. God damn it. I will. Th- I would have been reaching for it, like the challenge flag when the Giants are still struggling. There would have been a Kev, moment. huh? Can I be honest? I thought about this, too. I was like, if I was in Kev's corner, I probably wouldn't have thrown in the towel. Because I would have <laughs> told you later, I just want to see how this is going to play out. And that's a total bad friend call. But... I mean, I just would like to see it. I'm a scientist as well. So, scientist friend. Uh, uh, anyway, sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted. Go on, Kev. And, and, and I want to I just build on what you said. I think what Raph said is right. And I think it's a combination of things. I think the corner was a little freaked out because their, their fighter was concussed. I mean, Rocky was concussed. And, and the reason I say that, it's not from the damage that you saw on her face, but and it wasn't from wearing down when a fighter wears down like when vitor belfort's worn out you can still see him bite down on his mouthpiece and throw that heavy left hand and you're like wow this guy's a wounded animal but he's dangerous there was no danger because rocky rocky's had no snap on her punches after the third round there just wasn't a crispness to anything and amanda could sit back and pick her shot she could take her time catch her breath because she was never she was never a threat to her the lion, the lion was always hunting. She was never the hunted. And I, I think that's the, the building on what Raph said. The corner kind of freaked out. They didn't see that. They didn't see that she was, you know, I understand that we can send her out with a puncher's chance, but when the punch isn't there, what are you sending her out for? So I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but I think what you're saying is right. I think they don't realize, they didn't realize how badly she was hurt. And, 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 but whatever it's, it's history and it's all over with now monday morning quarterback and the coaching is just silly but it's fun. well i mean if I we mean, didn't do that we wouldn't have a podcast so i mean like, yeah, you know like, <laughs> hey hey guys fun time show's over enjoy yourselves you can figure it out um <laughs> however you, <know>. you feel <laughs> is good <laughs> That's and and here's the thing clearly inspired people to respond at least on our open-ended question and the reason why i say i think her corner freaked out is in the past i have heard other corners actually say to their fighter if you want me to do this i will do it 
these guys were very clear in saying, no, no, you're fine. And doing it in the weird, inspirational, without a plan. One might say, an interpretation from one John Danaher's uh, sort of philosophy is, the more emotional you make it, the less focused you are as a fighter. The more emotion you build into it, uh, the, the more difficult it is to assess how to solve these problems. I could be totally out of line here, but I've heard John speak about this concept enough to understand that in doing so and not trying to be clear with where the fighter is, or at least interpret, or at least try there, um, I, I felt it was the wrong choice on my own personal opinion. Because when she did go back out there, you were sending a fighter who has been in plenty of other wars without a solution. And without a solution in a fight where she's clearly just getting outworked. And if you can't see that and you don't provide a solution, I don't think you're fulfilling your honor as a corner. Because when you look at that corner, that's your lifeline. And if your lifeline is sending you with some like cool, successory kind of inspirational quotes, it'd be like Kevin getting worked by Vinny and it's a three-round fight. And me looking at Vinny Magales and then looking at Kevin and going, Kev, live your dream. And Kev looking at me and being like, you know what, Raph? My arm fell off twice, but I will. Uh, I live my dream. I want to live my I dream. Can't believe you, I can't believe you brought up Vinny Magales. Don't you know who my uncle is? I, you know what? I Listen, I know who you're tight with. I'm just saying. He's in vogue again. He showed up at a oh grappling event for the first time in two years. So we have to respect the fact that he shows up to be a grappling god. Uh, but you can go You can go tell your friend who hosts his no, that's own. That's my uncle Hanach. That's my uncle Hanach. You got to be careful. My uncle Hanach don't like when, when you bring up Vinny. <laughs> I know he doesn't. I also like that you refer to him as uncle Hanach. For somebody who hates children so much... It is paradoxical that he's so many people's uncles. I'm well, just, he, I'm he's only he's only uncles to adults. Once once you get over eighteen, legally there's no child support. So then he you mm. can go back to calling him Uncle Hanach. But you gotta be over eighteen to call him Uncle. That's the rules. Excellent. I didn't know there was a Wikipedia page for the ruling on Uncle Hanach, but I'll I'll forward that back over that way. Kev Let's ask about a few things. <clears throat> Number one, John brought up this point, which was, when is the UFC going to realize? And this is one from Ben Folks, who is an enemy of this podcast. We all know since day one. But uh, one of the things that I want to present to you, Kev, as a question is, I think the UFC has always known what they have in Amanda Nunes, but I don't think they know what to do with her. I think that has challenged them more than anything. And so in a certain way, it's not that they didn't know she was a good fighter from the minute she got the title or even working up to that. It just seems like they're like, I don't know, she's a lesbian. That's a promotional thing. Tell that to the marketing team. Do you but, feel the same way? I did enjoy the... There was a nice nod to like gay fighters. It's like and we are finally airing them in Brazil, so go fuck yourselves. It was also uh, not a good... I mean, yeah, Like the problem is also who does she fight? You know, Dominic Cruz, as fun as that, that sounds. 
like Pennington <laughs> Icarus would be kind of a fun. Pennington just wasn't <laughs> ready. She looked like she wasn't ready seconds into that fight. So I guess it's also a UFC battle of, you know, who the hell do you give her? Vitor? I re- <laughs> He's already well, it's not gonna happen. Vitor is ready to go for his ninth retirement. When somebody goes, Oh man, he's retiring, we had enough people who were on our, our threads who were saying, uh, Bellator, here I come. Uh, there was a very funny meme from Drew from Because Jitsu where he goes into a coma and he wakes up and uh, he says, like, what happened? They go, oh, you got front kicked again. Kind of a uh, a punchline. And uh, I go, my alternate joke would have been Vitor wakes up in 2025 and goes, where's the nearest Bellator or cheap American or Mexican knockoff? Get me there quick. Because I think we all I, figure I, we'll see it. I hate to call it, but uh, mm. I actually I actually called that kick. Um, I called it. I was like, he's going to do the same exact thing Anderson Silva did five seconds into the first round. Um, if you remember the first round, they had that real long feeling out process where they weren't doing much. They were just kind of it's the dance know, round. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was Trying a little, little dance around and, and, and Machida was doing that little hip thing that he throws with his, with his hip where his back mm-hmm. hip kind of comes forward real quick and he moves his hands. And I was watching Vitor's reaction to that. And his left hand was going down like he was trying to block the, the body kick, you know? Mm. Um, and I think it's instinct for Vitor at this point um, because to, that to front kick kind of looks like it. No, I will. Yeah. But if you, if you, <laughs> that, that, that teep to the face, that, that front kick, the way it starts, it looks like the hips about to turn over for the body. And that's the way Machida was throwing it. He was kind of snapping that hip and he was getting Vitor to drop his hand. And as soon as he threw it, I was like, oh, there it is. And as soon as he threw it, I think even Machida was like, I knew, I, I, he knew he, he, he just didn't want to do it, it seemed like. He was like, I don't want to do this, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did look it, extremely pissed. Yeah. I, I don't think looked, I've ever seen a fighter put their hands on their hips like, you happy now? Why, why you make me do this, boss? <laughs> <laughs> why are you making me do this? You know, like... Yeah. And I'm so sorry. Go ahead and finish, John. I it just I, I, I felt bad for Vitor at the same time, but you know, it's it I think I think I saw a graphic yesterday that he's his first fight in the UFC was nineteen ninety eight. How bad can you feel for a guy who's still got his wits and fought in the octagon for twenty one friggin' years? That's amazing. I mean quotation around wits, but yeah, I mean it's definitely like the tenure that he had in the, the sport is something that's interesting. You know what's really tough? The steroids make things weird because every single person was like, we have to give it up to Vitor. We have to give it up to Vitor. And I think to myself, you know, you reach a certain point when you're about to retire that the whole steroid conversation just gets thrown out because I do have respect for him. But for whatever reason, I just couldn't conjure up. Maybe it was the fact that he's been fighting too long or the fact that like he looks like half of the person he looked like maybe even as recently as four years ago um, just because of the emphasis on having a clean sport. But yet at the same point, I do feel compelled to say like, man, we have seen him through some wars. There's a lot of history with him in the UFC. It's always strange to me when we get around the end and, uh, uh, round third going to home. Speaking of which, Kev, uh, 
<laughs> I like the fact that when John was talking about this and he was mentioning, he's like, there's the feel out round. I think we want to make it very clear. When Kevin and I roll, there's the first five minutes are always the like, just, uh, hey, you don't do anything. I'm not going to submit you either here. We're too tired. Let's just let's put on a good show for everybody. No, I actually love fight? that. Let's I was going to steal that. I'm gonna, it was, uh, <laughs> I was just feeling him out. You know, I, so I, I ran out of time. I mean, I admit that mm-hmm. now, but I just thought I'd see what his uh, really tight locked out half guard defense was like. <laughs> You know, if there was a seventh minute in that match, I would have I would have destroyed Kevin. You That's going to be the new thing. Just whisper in your opponent's ears beforehand. Belfort Machida round one. Come on, motherfucker. <laughs> <real quick." laughs> I was about to say, it, it looks eerily familiar when I was like, when I saw him just like running around doing nothing, I go, mm, I know what that is. Yep, that's good. But that's the way old people uh, respect one another. So, <laughs> just saying. Uh, anyway, Machida... Uh, Bisping. Kev, do you want to see it? Do you care? Um, uh, no. I mean, maybe. Like, didn't we see this? Like, it's Machida's good when he's facing people like Vitor Belfort. He's terrible when he's facing anyone else. I don't know. I'm nervous. It's hard I think to be- say because I think. Go on. I think I think Machida beats Bisping. Yeah. Go on. Okay. Oh, no, I'll hear him. Go ahead. Tell us. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think. Uh, I mean, especially the way Gaslam got Bisping uh, in such a short period of time after getting knocked out by uh, what's his name, uh, the the new champ, uh, Whitaker or whatever. Um, it it just seems to me, or no, Bisping didn't fight Whitaker. Who knocked Bisping out uh, before uh, Gaslam? He got knocked out bad, and then he came back and fought Gaslam. Remember, everyone was like, short notice. That wasn't smart, this thing. Remember? I forget who it was, but he, he he's had some two two knock bad knockouts in a row. And, and even though Rockhold? Machida's uh, – no, it was before – it was after Rockhold. I can't remember. Yeah, I kept wanting um, to say Rockhold, but I knew that's not who you meant. It was whoever he lost the title to. Um, oh, GSP. Oh, GSP, yeah, GSP, not knocked him out, but he choked him out and made him look bad, but he hurt him with his hands first, if you remember. And then and then uh, the quick turnaround, Gasolin just just destroyed Bisping, even though uh, Mach- where Machida's weakness is his chin. I mean, I think I still think Machida can bang. He's still got that power, but his, his chin is, is weakened, and, and I think uh, that would be a battle of two guys with weak chins, and I think Machida's would win. Um but I, I, again, I think there is a place for guys in Machida's place. I don't think he should retire yet. I don't think Bisping should retire yet. I think there is a place for fighters with names that are at a nine or an eight that aren't looking for a title. I think if they want to keep fighting, there is a place for them. But like, with, you know, there are guys like Belfort who I think should be done. Um, but I, you know, maybe there should be some sort of legends division or a, an open division where. Uh, we can just have fun fights on a regular mm-hmm. basis. You know? mm, you're mm-mm. you're inviting. I feel just by even you mentioning it, Liddell and Ortiz three just got that much closer. I think it was that much closer already. No, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't make it that much closer. I think. Yeah, you did. I think. You, I think you put it out into the ether. 
let's look at it. Let's look at it from a, a realistic standpoint. There was no point for Liddell Ortiz too. Liddell destroyed Tito in the first fight. Liddell destroyed Tito in the second fight. There should be no reason for a third fight, and yet there still is. Hold because on. Let me people Google want to see Tito guys is. like that fight. <laughs> Kev, do you not remember who Tito is? I mean, I certainly know the names. Chuck, Tito, mm. Chris mm. Farley. Don't David make me Spade. kill you until you're dead. I will kill you until you're dead. <laughs> I, Tito. Let me Let me say this. Tito and Chuck represent an era that we have to let go. We just, we have to. And mustaches. (laughs) uh, Great promos. The whole shebang, Kev. (laughs) The reason why I'm mad about this is because it allows that leeway for Oscar De La Hoya, who wants to get involved in MMA. And it's like, if you do, great. At least make it an honest effort. You've got some weird stuff going on with boxing. I won't mention that. But if you do good things that give MMA fighters an opportunity, I know John shares a very similar feeling with that I do, which is there's a lot of talent who could really use that platform. Fuck yeah, absolutely. But at the same point, if we have to do this fucking dog and pony show of bringing out the oldest people possible to give them that platform, this is getting to a level of the giving tree that I'm not fully prepared for. I think we just keep looking at the elder statesman and going, Chuck, understand you must give your brain cells so that the future will have more MMA. And it's like, no, there are plenty of other people we can get. I'm sure if you really do the right things, you could, you could connect enough people with veterans. They could do it. If they go early stages, TNA, NWL, if they let it go late stages, TNA, NWO, sure. where, where the chickens were running the roost, that won't work because then the young fighters are getting taken advantage of by these older guys. But if these older guys, like you're telling me right now, here's a perfect example. I don't think Chuck and Tito, I'm not saying guys like that, but you're saying you wouldn't want to see Carlos Condit still fight or fucking Rich Franklin. I would love to see Rich Franklin fight. That guy was always fun to fight, always fun to watch. Here's the and tough part of that scenario. Condit still fights regularly and still to the point where I go, I'm interested to see what he does because he's given me enough evidence. Franklin is a big question mark, but I like to think that I respect Franklin enough to say, you know, he was a smart enough guy to kind of get out when he should. Not saying that it was beneficial for us as fans, but maybe for his own well-being. Because the hardest part about watching Carlos Condit lose even when he's still doing a pretty solid job in most of his fights, is that look in his face afterwards that says, should I do it? Should I, should I take these gloves off? And that bothers me a little bit because I think he's also at a weird point where he's trying to do the outside stuff to provide for his family. And you think about these fighters and you realize sometimes they look at the world and they go, this is all I know. And it's scary to make that jump and do other things. And Carlos has made investments in things. And he's a fully functional, smart, great, talented human being. But he also happens to be a really good psycho killer in that fucking octagon. And that's captivating. So 
I think we all have those issues and, and problems on all those things. Plus pointy elbows. I, I mean, I, yeah. I guess I guess elbows. the best way. F- I guess the best way for me to say it is I just think that there is a venue and there, there should be a division for fighters who aren't going for a title, who aren't title gatekeepers or stepping yeah. stones guys that are the guys that are just fun fighters, man. They're fun to watch Condit <laughs> or, or a Franklin type, you know, guys that are always going to put asses in the seats and they're like a Mike Pierce, the yeah. lightweight, another guy that you just, you just want to watch that guy fight. You know what I mean? Cause it's fun. Well, uh, and and now that you can do it now that you bring that up, um, put your earmuffs on. So put your, your headphones that I gave you that cancels out all the ways. Uh, John Kev side conversation. Yeah. Can we take his idea for like gatekeepers? Call it an actual league called gatekeepers. I and just love sign that all, idea. All the product out. It, and like Bellator likes to think they're them, but let's just embrace it. Gatekeepers is way better than SMMA, which is what I came up with. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> is it SMMA or S and MMA? Oh, okay. Well, that's just fun. But mine was like okay. the I, well, You know, we'll we'll develop that later. Uh, John, boop boop, you're back. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, there I am. Excellent. I'm so glad that we didn't cut you out of any potential business deals. However, I want to make sure that we're on this because we need to cover all these fights. Um, just a couple quick offhand jokes. Number one, I think Amanda Nunez is still fucking uh, saying everybody's names in the octagon. She had a lovely speech, and I was a big fan of it. I did feel it went on for longer than most people's speeches. Uh, I really especially like the first part, because Kevin mentioned this nicely, where they did pay tribute. It was the first time where there was a title fight with uh, two lesbians, I believe, and she did it in a classy way without having to really say it, say it, but she was saying it. And the fact that she brought in uh, Tisha Torres and her own fiance or girlfriend, and they, they just shared a really nice moment. And she spoke so well of uh, Rocky uh, in that speech. And then it went a little longer and it felt like she was at a picnic and she couldn't quite leave without saying goodbye to everybody. So there was that. <laughs> I want to bring up the following fight because it was a little hard for me to take in, which is every time I see Jacare get a little bit older, I still get a little sad. He says, Kevin, that it was a little bit of the weight cut that was keeping him from performing there. I like to think it might also be that he's getting older against a really young and scrappy opponent. But follow-up question, was that not a thrilling first round when you saw him get to mount? I actually, it was kind of, this was honestly the first fight I've ever seen someone survive him like that. So yeah, he, I sure the weight cut gets hard, you know, the harder you get when you get older and he, he looked a little older in this fight, but still thrilling. He, you know, fought Kelvin Gastelum. Well, I think we, we might be seeing a, a different level in Jacare's gatekeeping career yep. as we move forward. Say Mark. Yeah. I want also, as we, we identify that, he said that it was an unusual weight cut, which I, I just kind of said to myself, you mean old. Um, John, when you're watching this fight, you know that Kelvin has been through wars. When you see that Jacare doesn't get that submission, that arm bar, or even anything from that top position, where I felt he could have, he really could have sealed the deal, but I felt like he just didn't put the fire in it. I think he was trying to be cautious with it. Uh, 
uh, and that armbar even looked like a little bit of a risk. But when he got to that second round, did you feel that the momentum was going to shift in Gastelum's favor? Uh, gosh, you know, even though even though I gave Jacare the first round, mm. uh, I felt uh, I felt uneasy. I felt that uh, he was fighting Gastelum's fight, and, and uh, that's the thing that kind of got me. Everyone was saying Jacare looked worn down. Look, when Jacare wanted to bang, he banged in that fight, and he even when he was gassed, he still had fire. He was still a dragon breathing fire. Um, my only issue was he was chasing another dragon into his own lair. Uh, I think Jacare gave up on the takedowns way too early. Um, I, I mean, first of all, and, and I'm got to give credit to Gaslam. His sprawl is ridiculous. Um, that guy, he's got fast legs. His legs get back really fast and he's real heavy on the head when he sprawls too. It makes you, it almost punishes a guy for shooting in, um, but I think Jacare, if he if he you know uh, kept the investment on the takedown, he could have eventually brought Gastelum down into the deep water and taken him out. Uh, I picked I think I picked Gastelum in this fight if I can remember correctly um, because of his hand speed, uh, and I had a feeling that Jacare was going to go into the fight thinking that he had something to prove because that division's kind of wide open, and if he knocks out Gastelum, he immediately stakes his claim. Uh, but that's not what happened. And weight cut or no weight cut, I think that's an excuse. I think Kevin Gastelum, for an undersized middleweight, is a very good middleweight. Gray hair. Just great hair. Yeah. Even after a fight. I can, I can tell you this is what's disappointing about Jacare. You can tell that jiu-jitsu is strong as a, a fan in me because... Even after that first round, I know he's going to be tired. And where you say uh, he's kind of like a like he's given up a little bit too easy on some of those like single legs that he was trying to get in. All I could think of is I know how much energy I burn trying to look for a single leg, and this is one like one single leg. I like to tell people I'm like if you survive my first shot, you're fine. So I think to myself, Jacques Ray, obviously exponentially better than me, but age and it is difficult. And especially when you have somebody as savvy as Kelvin, because Kelvin, I think one of his strengths is his resourcefulness under pressure. And he's shown that so many times in certain fights where you're like, oh, I think he's going to lose. So for me, when I saw him enter that second round, I go, it's going to go into his favor from here on out. And it's not to say that Jacare was washed up. I thought he had a lot of moments of flashes of like, oh, shit, he could he could turn this around right now. But he does that thing to you as a jiu-jitsu fan where you start to try to see like a one-two combination from Jacare as a little bit too big of a deal where you go, oh, he connected there. He's going to finish his fight. Yeah, he's, he can do this. He can 100% do this. And you start to overreach on some of the way you're watching it where you're just like the jiu-jitsu fan takes over and the reality stone isn't quite hitting your brain. So... I had that for a few moments, and it was a uh, it was a little tough to watch. I also want to say, since we're on like Infinity Gem uh, or Stones uh, jokes, I blame Doctor Strange for the whole like Machida and Vitor match because he couldn't go through all the timelines and stop it and tell us that we were going to get there. <laughs> like that's who I blame for that. Um, but to close out the kind of thing for uh, Jacare, Jacare should one hundred percent still stay in it. I think. 
he still looks good enough. And I think that if he would have put a little bit more pressure and not gone for an armbar, I think Kelvin's somebody you have to choke. The hard part is he's a giant brick of a human. He has a hard neck to find. Uh, but that arm bar was close. I just felt like once he got him there, I was like, no, nah, I think Kellen's going to get out of that. Um, again, what do I know? I want to transition to this fight because it seemed to be the one thing that everybody was talking about. And I want to go ahead and cap it off by saying as follows. We put up a meme about Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern is a delightful human being. She has always been wonderful to us. She does have an accent that does seem to have evolved uh, from wherever it's come from. I don't really know. But at her core, she's a really nice person. So you do want to root for her. She has missed weight. And it's not wrong to say when you don't make weight, you're not really being a professional. I don't think that's unfair. Did she miss weight or did she miss weight? She weighed in a different weight class, bro. Again, that's not missing. You're that's a, not missing weight. That's 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 a different that's a different story, right there. You're getting ahead of me on this because here's where I want to transition to on this, which is we have fans and we had a funny meme and we just put a scale because she was very proudly proclaiming that she was very happy with the scale that she got, which lo and behold probably doesn't work. And if you're the person who made that scale, I maybe think you might want to have it taken down. And yes, she did eliminate all of the comments on that and probably rightfully so after missing weight. But when you say miss weight and you're very right to have that response, there's an interesting thing about our fans or just fans in general who started to say, well, you know, if she gets rid of those boobs, she'd be fine. Now we're getting into a weirder other realm where it's like, again, yes, it's very stupid. So I think there's a way to say, all right, as a fighter, she did not hold up her part of the deal. And yes, she deserves criticism for that. So the people who are saying like, "Uh, leave Mackenzie alone, she's nice. And it's like, she's still nice, but she missed weight. There is no getting around that. There is nothing we can do that can do that. And she tried saying something to the effect of her flights were a problem. She got there and she wasn't doing the right things. She was trying as hard as she could. And then her body just stopped sweating. And the doctor, I guess, recommended that she probably doesn't do it anymore. All excuses. So that really doesn't come down to anything. Uh, but there is an interesting thing, Kev. What was your initial response when you heard that she didn't make weight? You know, you hear news like that, you just remember where you were. Maybe the <laughs> maybe the first time, but by the like fifth, it's like yeah, she's on. She seemed not even like she cared, and I kind of loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed her arrogance. She's like, don't know what happened. Fights on. Fuck off. And it was almost yeah. like she came in and, with a full on text, like not gonna make it. Found this donut bar in downtown Albuquerque. I don't need to explain any more, right? Like, you get that I'm several pounds over. And she can do no wrong, it seems like, because chokes it out and everyone's like, ah, fuck it. All's forgiven. Yeah, but I got I got issues. And I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you why I have issues. Um, we know a lot of fighters uh, that, that fight in the UFC and started in the UFC and been in and out. Guys like Tarion, Christos. What does Tarion make his first fight in the UFC? 12 and 12, right? Mm-hmm. Tarion's always on weight. Always on weight. What does Mackenzie Dern make in her first fight in the UFC? 
$50,000 to show up, $50,000, $50,000 to fight. She gets treated special. She gets treated with, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, a rose in front of her and, and petals thrown down in front of her and she can't make weight. I understand that she's a nice person and everything else like that. But on the playground, when a guy who weighs 150 pounds beats up a guy who weighs 140 pounds, they don't go around talking about how the 150 pounder is a nice guy. They say you're a bully. This message brought to you by New York Public Schools once again. <laughs> it's just bullshit, man. I'm tired. No, you're not wrong. It's just, you're not wrong. It, 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 it's not right for, for a fighter who gets treated so special. She should do special things. Here's what I'll not. say. This is, this is an interesting uh, boundary. So the reason why I'm bringing up that she's nice is because I feel like people don't know the right way to respond in terms of, okay, yeah, she missed weight. We're all on board. Same thing. We should definitely be able to make fun of that. That's fine. Uh, the sex is sort of bullshit. I don't think so. I don't think that doesn't make any sense. She clearly won her fight. That's fine. The joke I had afterwards was in reference to your special conversation is, you know what? I would like to congratulate the McKenzie weight champion of the world. Yeah. Because <laughs> isn't it? Good. Thank you. Yeah. Isn't it the whole thing though, that she should fight up. And that was a big concern at the very beginning when she did sign with the UFC, which was, can she make that weight? Because she didn't make it before. Again, this is valid criticism. Now, when we get into the element of what does she bring to the table that other people don't, this is tough because this is where I believe we invite the same thing that people bring up about CM Punk, which is why are they special? And these people who fight not the hardest thing that it is to explain to a fighter is she brings numbers. That's why she's on the main attraction. Is she benefited by the fact that she's a pretty girl? Maybe. I mean, that's definitely part of it. It's never stopped Dana before, but I think it's this. If you look at her following, you look at the numbers she brings in, those become things that give you leverage, which give you the ability to sign those contracts. Is it bullshit that somebody like Terion, who works super hard and is a great guy as well? Yeah, kind of. But can, can I, I think you, it's one of those just, things. Can I just make a, a point about what you're Absolutely saying? Absolutely. Go right ahead. And I don't mean to interrupt you rudely, so I'm going to do no, it no, rudely fine. anyway. Um, but <laughs> just, the, just the reason I don't think what you're saying is true is because you have people like Felice Herrick who bring numbers, who bring following, and yet they're still not paid like Mackenzie Dern in her first fight. First fight. There's, there's, I, look, I understand some people are special and they deserve more, and, 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 and I guess you can call it the Conor me, McGregor scale. Where, where do you Let call me interrupt your McGregor interruption. Scale, but, my interruption to your interruption is this. Keep, keep in mind, so these numbers just don't appear out of nowhere. When she has a following, I mean, look at her jujitsu numbers. They may not be gigantic, but they're going to be higher than Felice's. So, like, again, there is a science behind this, and the science does suck, especially for the fighters who are just pure fighters. But it does exist. And it is hard when people want to say, if you're a good fighter, then just go out there and show it. It's the multi-tiered sort of situation. It's the same thing that gets used. Look, I I agree with what you're saying. There is a certain part of marketability 
that is a, you know, um, that, that, that's a mathematical system. But there's also a point where someone says, A or B, let's go with A. And it doesn't matter what the system is after. The person picked A, and they're pushing A. And now it's Here's a better off. question. Had they picked B, it might have paid off too. Here's an, uh, an interesting question that I think and choosing, you know? combines and what it is. Well, doesn't make sense. You're going to accuse the, the Dana White machine of not picking and choosing. Uh, here's a better question, which combines what you, I'm bringing up and maybe what you're bringing up, which is this. Why is it that Mackenzie Dern got better treatment from the UFC than Amanda Nunes? Because from the get-go, she had packages that made her put in a glowing light, whereas Amanda, one, had a huge pay-per-view buy rate because she was fighting on a Ronda Rousey card and still has gotten on big cards where she has main evented and then still told people that she felt disrespected. So that's that whole thing about uh, people not feeling respected and, and maybe already doing the work. Like you figure once you're champion, that should be it. But again, because the UFC says, well, you won a championship, but what else are you doing for us? It's a weird fucking thing, but it exists. And I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I can tell you this much. If that's not evidence on there, the fact that Mackenzie was on the pre-card, I think the last time she was fighting, and then somehow found her way on an elevated platform, like third, third fight <laughs> on a fucking pay-per-view, it means they are making that decision, but it might still be based off of numbers. Yeah, but again, and if that fight's in Vegas, she doesn't have that spot. You and I both know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, it, it has that to was, deal with her, her broken Portuguese uh, Americana, right. uh, the, the connection, and, if you would. And, and going back to what Raph said, like, I think the equation is there. There is that equation. Uh, the, the only thing that, and the integers, it's not the integers in the equation that I have an issue with. Oh, point of order. I have, I, have an issue, I have an issue with the person who's selecting the numbers for the prop, for the equation. You know what I mean? Because that to me, it, like uh, um, a perfect example, I think Misha Tate was just as marketable as Ronda Rousey was. I think she was. I don't know why she wasn't ever, I mean, they, they probably, if you look at the amount of money that they put into pushing Ronda Rousey, I, I can't say how much it was. I don't know. I'm not educated enough to know, but I bet a fraction of that number was used to market Misha. Why? What, what, what about Rhonda made her more marketable than Misha? And don't tell me it was the Olympic medal. Cause that didn't mean shit. They didn't push that. You know, it, it's somebody decided. Those are dominance. Those are dominance. Hold on. What made MJ cooler than Pippin? It's like dominance. I mean, you know, there's a lot of yeah, I, reasons I, I we got a lot of people, but she was intense and she won in yeah. stunning yeah, you're, fashion. You're right. you're, maybe that was a bad, bad example, but I, I think, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not proving my point too well here, but the point that I'm Google trying to make integer. is like, if you had, <laughs> if you had like, if you have like a, a, a Chuck Liddell and a, a Randy Couture and you have to pick one to put over, like, that that's different. You know what I mean? Like it, to me, it just seems like, it seems like there's a little bit of guesswork at the beginning. And that guesswork to me is more like, I like this person better than that person. So we're going to give her a push. Oh, and I think there right. is some of that there. You know, I think this. there is some of that there. 
Uh, Kevin has the best drop in. I think I've remembered him doing for some time of being like, uh, point of order. And he didn't want to close down your point exactly, but I had a feeling it was what it was. But when Kevin just chimed in and said, I looked up integer, Kev, was that your interjection? Yes, that was what I was point of ordering earlier. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Math references. Come on. Man, I fucking I suck at math, too. I don't know where <laughs> so I was, I was that point one. of ordering. <laughs> well, the second definition, a thing complete in itself. I was like, okay, I think I get where he was going. Asshole. Stain. I, blame yeah. you, I blame you, Joe Buck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you listen to your Joe Buck, and you let him tell you about baseball and Americana. And you know what? He doesn't have to do every fucking sport, even golf. It's just annoying. Give him one sport and let someone else do something else. Anyway, um, Joe Buck moment over. I just want to say this, which is I think what happens next with Mackenzie is going to be interesting because she said she was ashamed, which, okay, doesn't mean much right now. She did win very dominantly. That was good. She won using her hands, which was a little suspect. Uh, I had a friend who texted me and said, uh, Amanda better not be respecting Mackenzie Dern's hands to no choke. Fuck. <laughs> like literally mid sentence stopped and goes, fuck seriously. Amanda let her do that. Um, that was so. an eight Diaz like finish too. That was a beautiful finish. I love when people are like put on, 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 uh, Facebook and stuff. Jujitsu. What are you kidding me? That was a right hand that, that got that choke. That was, that was pure striking that caused that that uh that submission that had nothing to do with jujitsu that was a beautiful technique beautiful right hand and she really cracked her i won't have that on my show you can say you can compliment sir people say the same thing about connor and nate they're like nate beat connor because of jujitsu no nate beat connor because of a straight left hand that freaking rocked him you know what i mean like or or right hand can you do me a favor Tell him what the UFC viewed as the best two fights in history, or <laughs> what? what, um, what just, uh, we have a call on the line. Oh God! Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, who is it? Uh, I'm gonna mute it because I'm terrible at guessing exactly okay. who we're bringing on. I think you're bringing on oh, Nate. Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, champion of the world, Nate Diaz. Hey, what's up, you fucking bitches? What's up? Hey. I, you know, I have like my ear to the ground because I'm from the streets. So I heard some fucking punk say what it is that I did. He, did Kev, did he say that uh, jujitsu didn't win that fucking bullshit? Correct. He said your blue belt bullshit had nothing to do with that. Oh, I thought shit. it was bullshit. I'm a fucking, oh, fucking, yeah, I'm gonna fuck him up right now. Who is this guy who's saying this shit about me right now? Jonathan King, someone you should throw a metaphorical water bottle at if you. I'm just suggesting. Dog, I'm, I got some heat on that. If I'm being honest, so I'm not. I'm not trying for that right now. Nate, Nate knows who I am. <laughs> Dog, I'm so high I don't even remember who I am half the time. So like, first of all, check. <laughs> That's Second why all, Nate knows who I am. <laughs> uh, I see what. I'm Oh, are you Johnny? Johnny King. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck shit, son. You know what it is? Last time I saw you, I was in a dust of, like, fucking weed, and I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And then you were like, you were looking at me, <laughs> and I was like, dog, I can't even fucking remember, like, the theme song of the fucking Smurfs, but I fucking love those little fucking blue animals. Because they got, like, a brain one. 
you got to add in a few yo's and we'll be right there. Yo, yo. yo. <laughs> Yo, don't tell me how to do my fucking own self. I don't tell you how to be fucking John King. <laughs> Listen, um, I just want to say a few things. Number one, they fucking drug my brother. Everybody fucking knows that. So when he was fighting GSP, so GSP, you're a fucking punk coward. Everybody knows they put like fucking drugs in his IV. And it's like not even the good drugs, dog. It's just fucking like mean. Kev, I have a question for you. Yeah. Like, why am I here? I don't. You, uh, we're here to shame old friend John the King, and we always appreciate your drop-ins. Yeah, no, dog, that was good. I, um, I think I, um, shit, dog, that shit that I was on today was so fucking good. I gotta get back out of here, because, like, I gotta go, like, yell at my brother for hanging out with fucking AJ Aga's arm, because, like, what the fuck is that shit about, dog? Ladies and gentlemen, champion of the world. BTS. Smoke weed every day. Bow, 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 bow. It's uh, the type of jiu-jitsu I want to practice. So, results. Okay. UFC 224. Tied 9-9. <clears throat> Tied. And this is where things get tricky, Raph. And you've mm. never been, like, more on the hot seat. Yeah. Let's go into performances of the night. I said Dern, Jacques Array, with Fight of the Night being Belfort, Machida. He said Dern, Machida, and Fight of the Night being Lineker versus Kelleher. He chose Machida as one of the bonus winners. I chose Jacques Array and Machida, who both would get bonuses. Not quite in the order I predicted. Uh, technically, as well as Belfort, who got a knockout bonus. Who wins? The people, I this is this is razor sharp. This might just be a draw. Well, you know, I, I was going to give it to him, but then I then I the thing I paid attention to most was my main card dominance against Ooh. my preliminary weaknesses. Um, what was the fight of the night? I don't I don't remember what was what got fight of the night. Jacare Kelvin. Oh, okay. All right. Actually, I, I still think uh, Kelleher, Lineker should have got fighter of the night, but I could be wrong. Wow. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you are wrong. Like what? I mean, however, it went down. I guess I get what you're saying. I also like that he. Well, almost we're gonna bring just... facts into it, you know. <laughs> well, Kim, I like that he was almost willing to concede to being like, you know, I'll give up the thing that was helping me. Yeah. This is a tough one, Kev. We, we've never had this happen. The whole reason we have tiebreakers is so that a tie-breaking situation can be broken. Gentlemen, I will give you both 15 seconds to state your case as to why you should be the winner of Over Under Kevin. Kevin, I will start with you. Yeah, it's not all about who can predict the best on the card. I mean, I was almost an arm bar away from taking this thing. Jacques Array got one. Machida got one. Belfort. I picked the most bonus winners. I win 2018. I'm a winner. He's a loser. That's just how mm. it is. Ooh, that, okay. was, that was compelling First toward the end. All, okay. All right, John, you have the floor. Belfort did not win a bonus. Uh, his opponent got a bonus for performance of the night, but Belfort didn't get a bonus. 
he got knocked the fuck out. His bonus was smelling salts. That's not a very good bonus. Okay. And my, my whole, I'll, I'll put my, uh, I'll make my case based on this. How many people, how many viewers watch fight pass? Oh, don't no. Okay. Now we're getting how many rude people, here. I, how many ooh. people watch the FX card and your time is Kelser, Kelser, your time is up. Kevin, I'll give you 15 seconds to respond to that. Every fight matters. <laughs> the insinuation <laughs> that because more people saw a fight, he gets more is just, it's insulting. And it's, I mean, it's a little pejorative. Kevin, is that a follow-up point that you're trying to make? And the fact that what's next, he's going to say that no fights matter when he's calling at Celtic Warrior, uh, the people sorry, on Celtic Fight Gladiator. Pass sh- should, uh, you know, use separate locker rooms and not be allowed near no, the main. No, like, no, it's just no, so... no, no, no. All right, all right, all right, all right, John, you have 15 seconds. Go. Okay, all right. Ready just for my upsets. Kelvin Gastelum, Jacare was favored 85% over Kevin Gastelum. I picked Gastelum. That's a huge upset. Huge upset. I picked Lineker over Kelleher. I picked Dern over Cooper. I picked Nunez over Pennington. I picked Machida over Belfort. The main card is mine. The victory is mine. Wow. This is tough, Kev. I've never been put in this spot ever before. Kev, I want to say something right now, which is this. You started off this hot fire. It's like when you get a rap battle and you see somebody go and you go, damn, I don't think John can come back. And John was struggling that very first second in the response. And I thought, you know what? Kev's got this in the bag. But then John started to use one of your biggest weaknesses, Kevin. Abs. Math. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the classic arrested development. What's the most important thing? Cereal. Family. Family. Michael. <laughs> I just, I'm torn here. Let's review what the bet was, Kevin. What was the bet on this particular week? Oh, God, week? I don't remember at all. I don't have them written down either. Uh, Jonathan, do you remember what He had what it to was? write an Onion article about us. He had to mm. write an Onion-esque article. I do remember that, sort of like condemning what we do here. Sure, and then, John, what did you have to do for Kevin? I think or, Kevin, sorry, had what did Kevin have to rename Kevin, Kevin had to rename his Twitter and follow the clinch report.com or something like that. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time this has ever happened. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to call this one a majority draw. Now, Kevin, you will have to replace your name for seven hours on your social media. Okay. John, you are going to have to write a 300 word something about us i feel that's the only fair way to come down the middle because both of you were right on on your argumentations and i feel it's the only fair way as the true adjudicator of over under kevin my word is final there it is all right we'll see what we can put together excellent I like, yeah, want 200 word rebuttal. <laughs> <Is that enough? laughs> I like the idea. Kevin's just like, ooh, seven hours. Can we get that down to three? <laughs> Where's the? Uh, wow, Jonathan, a game opponent, sir. I've I've lost and tied to much worse. This was uh, this was impressive stuff. Nine fights. 
A tip of the hat to you, sir. A tip of the hat to you. Just a tip. I'm not going to take it off. But a tip (laughs) of the hat to you. (laughs) Just not using that phraseology. And in fact, if you want to see phraseology like that, you can hear Jonathan doing commentary this week at the Celtic Gladiator Fights. Uh, John, before we uh, start to wrap things up, tell us what we should be looking forward to at that big event over in Burbank this coming Saturday. Oh, God, dude, that, that event is actually stacked. George Plasmachian really put together a hell of a card. Uh, Dmitry Garasimov's fighting for the 145-pound title against uh, a very tough Mike Segura, um, who is just tearing it up right now. Uh, you also have uh, Benji Gomez taking on uh, Adam Rothweiler, actually pulled out of his fight with Gomez for the flyweight title. And uh, stepping up on short notice is Kyle the Hoosier Estrada. Um, I think on a week's notice, stepping into a title fight for the flyweight title. And then, of course, the main event. I mean, you never want to miss a Mr. Leroy fight. So the main event, Richard Leroy versus David Douglas, this is going to be a hell of a fight. David Douglas, I think every one of his fights has ended that he's won by knockout. Um, so he is a, 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 an artist that paints with a heavy brush. And uh, Richard Leroy, we all know what Richard Leroy can do. So this is, this is going to be a tough test for him. Uh, he cannot leave his chin up there like he has in the past because David Douglas will turn the lights out. So it's going to be a great fight. I'm really looking forward to it. And I want to give a couple shout-outs. I know uh, my boy Milton is going to be fighting on there. You can see Milton and I, we have a feud. Uh, it'll Before he fights, he's going to give me a, a rematch for a WWE BJJ title he stole from me unjustly. Uh also on this card, uh, one of my homies, Lance, is fighting on it. Um, he's also a great fighter. I mean, when you say that this is a stacked card, you're not lying, dude. This is a fucking phenomenal uh, card. So if you guys are yeah, I mean, have the ability... Keep, it, keep in mind, you know, this is one thing that I try to... And I don't mean I'm good at interrupting you, so I'm going to keep doing it. But sure. um, the, the, uh, the one thing that, I, uh, that Raf and, and I are very lucky to be a part of is the Southern California regional scene, and we'll put quotes around regional scene. Uh, The Southern California regional scene is the, uh, you know, it's the Mecca of mixed martial arts. More people go to the UFC, Bellator, and and the higher organizations from the state of California than any other place in the world. So our regional events are better than most areas in in the country and the world than their top products. Because, you know, this is the cream of the crop right here. The, and, and the cream rise to the top in California. So looking forward to another great event. I, I can't ever hear somebody say, like, cream of the crop without thinking Macho Man. And just oh, like, yeah. Ooh, it's the cream the, of the, the crop. The stir of the... On the stir that stirred, what is it? The 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 spoon that stirs the drink or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Macho Man's got a oh God, my man. I love that guy. He was so good. He was so he good was. behind the microphone. R.I.P. And I mean everywhere. Let's do this, John. You were uh, such an amazing person to talk to about the, the the fights. Just as a person, you're you're very fun and. We're so glad that you're able to come on. Where can people follow you? Where can they find you? Tell them again, because if they aren't following you, they should be. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, well, I, the clinchreport.com is, is my website. Uh, I own it with John Walsh, who's shooting fights in Thailand right now. So uh, you can follow the clinchreport.com. 
You can also follow John on Instagram, Clinch Picks with a Z. Um, he's shooting in Thailand right now, so he's got some pretty cool things going on over there. And you can follow me at uh, Jonathan King underscore TCR for the Clinch Report uh, on Instagram. That's where I do a lot of my photos and um, stuff for pro wrestling. I, I, you know, Muay Thai fights. I like to shoot a lot of different things, like we were talking about earlier. So, gives you a little bit of a perspective into my crazy world. But yeah, just follow the Clinch Report, man. That's where it's at. Well, you know, Kev. It seems like it's hard to say goodbye to Jonathan. He's been such a nice addition to the show, but unfortunately we must. Do you have any parting words for him? Uh, really? More time to talk shit? I love it. Can I have 58 more seconds just to peace out? Yes. Oh, we yeah. love you. Come back and talk to us again for uh, three more hours. We're in. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me, guys. Anytime. It's a, it's always a pleasure to hang out with, with guys like you. and you got a great great show, and uh, I'm, I'm humbled to be a part of it. Thank you. Cool. I'm going to interrupt you now. Thank you so much for coming on. Jonathan King, everybody. What a podcast. It's always nice to work with a professional. Um, I'm talking about you. I don't, I'm not talking about Jonathan. Thank you. I'm not going to go that far. I'm just once again reiterating it's nice to work with you. Hold on. And, yeah, can I interview you? Yeah, hit me. I'm going to go ahead and like interrupt you, but in the sake of an interview form. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a question. Kevin, um, what do you think about Mackenzie Duran's weight loss? Uh, you know, I think it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here for a second, Kev, because oh, okay. that's how the professionals do it. Sure. Yeah. No, hit me. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to call her weight loss unsuccessful, but you know, overall, she wins. She looks smiling. She looks happy. She was having fun in, uh, you know, potentially where she's from, Brazil. Sure. So, Raph, what a week in the mm. world of UFC because you and I were. This was an okay group of fights. This was not a great group of fights. This, it oh, just wow. turned out a little okay, would be my response. Okay. okay. I was impressed by Kelvin Gastelum's uh, Portuguese. I look forward to a summer filled with sangria, jiu-jitsu, some good MMA. I, we might have to reprise our summer preview episode here soon <laughs> from a few years ago. Look forward to that. <laughs> But that means it's time for some shout-outs for us, Raph. I've already started, but to Eric Coe, to Sean Spear, to the Jabera team that kicked some ass and took some names at the state tournament. Just rocking out, competing like crazy people, which makes me even more nervous to go back. To um, the fantasticness that was the old major brunch today, Raph. Um, mm. To My family went to the lake, so I'm feeling a little like left out the i mean it's just in general it was like oh that sounds amazing then they're like having a mixed grill so happy mother's day no. to the fam who's having just a wonderful time in kansas where it's not drizzling and storming and pretty kind of chilly like it is here in denver and that mixed grill sounded fucking bomb diggity i just gotta get back to some of the cooking rap that's gonna do it for me can i can i like pitch an idea for you if you're not doing it already sure I think when your family does like adorably cute family stuff that makes you a little on the irk side because you're like, I'm not there. You should tell them the following, which is, hey, guys, it sounds great. You're going on a hike. FaceTime me in the whole time, the whole time. And then just pick the most obscure things to talk about 
as you FaceTime them, uh, especially as you kind of see in a really shitty cell service area where you go, oh, that looks like a blueberry. Funny thing about blueberries, provennutrition.com has some of the best ingredients at all. And your family's like, oh, my God, shut up, Kevin. You're like, hey, it pays the bills. Will do. And right, frankly, uh, I tried. It's just Spring Hill, Kansas. There's no service. I know, man. I, you, when Kevin goes radio silent, it's not because he's like being a dick. It's just like, nope, Kansas. And I go, ah, I hear you. All right. Let's do this. Valley Martial Arts Center. Big, Pretty big. Much. What's up? And congratulations to Becker, who uh, just uh, got a nice promotion to his blue belt. We're very proud of you, buddy. Let's go ahead and go on over to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Got the chance to go ahead and get some training in last week. You know, Kev, what really sucks about not training all that often? And I know who I'm asking this to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What? Uh, you, you just feel like garbage. Like, like, I'm not super in shape ever, but just being like this much out of shape makes you feel like hot death. When you have killers around you, like at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. So, fun story. Go there. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8 a.m. And then Tuesday, Thursday at 12. So, get you some training in over that way. I want to send a big shout out to my good friend Elliot over at 10th Planet Van Nuys. Who, uh, I got back to wrestling with him this week. And it is grueling. It, there was a moment at the end where I was just wheezing. I was so fat that I just... You know, he he slaps my hand at the end and just goes, hey, Raph, that was really good. And I go, oh, God. Oh, God. I'm so tired. It's like, I don't have to make words. I finished. I'm done. But I couldn't stop. That was the only way I could breathe. So uh, if you ever want to take good wrestling privates, get in touch with Elliot over at 10th Planet Van Eyes, or just get in touch with me. I can put you in touch with him. And a big shout out to all the people who are going to be fighting on the Celtic Gladiator uh, show this Saturday. I know we previewed it, but uh, especially to our homies Lance and Milton from 10th Planet Van Nuys. I get to train with them often, and I'm very excited to see their fights. Now, granted, tomorrow, by the time you see this, there will already be a rematch of a WWE BJJ match between myself and Milton that you will see, and I'm glad that he's granting me uh, a rematch before his big fight. I think it's very noble of him. So I'm going to kick the shit out of him. And then I'm going to do the good thing you do as a training partner, which is, uh, you know, piece together him again so he could go fight MMA. So just the important notes. And, you know, Kev, uh, a big shout out to all the moms out there and a very special uh, shout out to one Rachel Esparza. Love you very much. And I think that's going to do it for me. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night. And good fight. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...